Buckle up. Thank you for tuning in to Musicians and Beyond, episode number one, where we get all the backstage information on the lyrics, life, and long journeys of musicians everywhere. Today's broadcast is brought to you by the great people of Distillery 43. It's the handcrafted small batch spirit with the big flavor. Today, episode number one, we are very honored, Mark and I, to have an amazing artist, singer, songwriter, all-around great guy. Coming to us from Batson Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, we have Mr. Eric Haynes. Welcome, Mr. Haynes. Thank you guys for having me. This is going to be funny. So, uh, yeah, I was excited about it. Yeah, so are we, you know, and uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. I know you got a busy schedule down there with everything you do. Uh, John and I are excited to have you online with us. We were excited to see you a few weeks ago when we uh, stopped down in Nashville, and uh, we were fortunate to be out with you, see you at the Bluebird, but also spend a night and have dinner with you uh, out on the town. So thank you for that as well. well that's a lot of fun for me. I mean, I <laughs> I wish I could see you guys more often, really. It was a lot of fun. Well, we'll have, to, got- make, we'll have to make that happen. Um, you know, for those yeah. that don't know what the Bluebird Cafe is, it's a worldwide, iconic venue that it's really uh an honor to play there and um if if you don't know about it check it out there's a um a documentary i believe it's just called the bluebird cafe and it's it's definitely worth uh checking out and we saw eric haynes there uh a couple weeks ago with uh michael gray from lee bryce jeff batson who is uh eric's uh duo partner and another wonderful singer songwriter craig winkrist so we're hoping to see them uh, again sometime soon. So, Mr. Haynes, uh, I understand that you got into music about the age of uh, 10 years old, and you started the piano. Yeah, my mom got me into the music. <laughs> uh, you know, at 10 years old, I was into, uh, well, you know, sports, playing baseball, football, basketball, and, you know, she wanted me to learn to, p- to play the piano, and... Uh, it kind of came natural to me and um, I never practiced. And uh, so I had to go see my, you know, my piano teacher once a week and my mom would be standing there with a ruler, snapping it on her hand behind me saying, you're going to practice. So I would practice for an hour and then go to, to my piano teacher. And then she would tell my mom, she said, I can tell he practices all the time because he's very, very good. And I would probably practice an hour a week because I wanted to be outside playing with my friends, you know, riding a bike, playing basketball, baseball, whatever. And, uh, but, you know, I think the, the piano kind of gave me a really good foundation um, because, you know, piano is a very similar instrument to guitar. They're both chording instruments where you can, we can play chords and sing a melody along with it. It's kind of different than like, you know, if you played a trumpet or a trombone or, you know, sax, you can play one note at a time. But, you know, with a, with a piano guitar, you can play literally, I mean, with a piano, you can play 10 notes. We have 10 fingers. Uh, and, of course, with guitar. So it's a perfect instrument for people who want to songwrite because you can play the rhythm and, and uh, actually sing your melody along with it. But she, uh, 
I have to give her credit for standing behind there and threatening to beat me until I <laughs> finished all my practicing. Well, she did good, Mr. <laughs> Haynes. Uh, let's fast forward three years to your 13th birthday. I understand that someone gave you a birthday present, and it was a Yamaha guitar. Yeah, yeah, uh, Yamaha F110. F110, and, uh, okay. You know, my brother still has that guitar. Um, I gave it to him some years later, but it was a really good guitar to learn on. Yamaha makes really good instruments, and you know, quit because your fingers uh this you know if you have a inexpensive guitar it's really hard it was a good quality guitar and so i took lessons for maybe three months and the lessons just went too slow for me and um, i just started buying songbooks like buying some uh, eagles songbooks or crosby stills and nash songbooks or new young songbooks and they all had the chords over top of the music and I knew how the song went, so all I had to do was like learn those chords and just sing along with it. And I kind of taught myself that way to play guitar. Interesting. Eric, let me ask you, I, I haven't heard you play the piano yet. I've obviously heard you on guitar, so I'm looking forward to that one day. What other instruments do you play? Well, you know, I used to play harmonic all the time. When I did solo gigs back in my earlier years, when I was playing around Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia, um, I always, I had a harmonica with me all the time. I put the harmonica, I tried to put it in almost every song. I put a harmonica solo. And, um, you know, I haven't been playing that lately. But um, I also play some mandolin and uh, some some banjo. And, and pa part of this all came out of necessity when I started, my, I put my studio in my house. Instead of trying to find somebody to come to my house and put on these parts, I think what's a stringed instrument? You know, I should be able to figure it out. And so I just learned to play mandolin and banjo and and also ukulele I learned to play just just so I could put my own tracks down. And now if it's something like really elaborate, like even on piano, if I have something that's really elaborate, then I'll just get somebody to come do it, you know, and it's really good. But for a lot of the stuff, you know, I just learned to play those instruments so that I could put my own tracks down. Very nice. Very nice. So let me ask you, you know, talking about, you know, putting your own tracks down, writing your own uh, music. What is your lyrical writing process like? Uh, do you like to do co-writes? Do you like to uh, do it on your own? And and how do you come up with the ideas? Where do you come up with the, uh, the do you work off a title? Or do you work off a couple of lyrics that you start out with? Uh, well, you know, before I moved to Nashville, I never hardly ever co-wrote with anybody. Um, and if you talk to people too, like when they move here from California, Arizona or Washington state or Pennsylvania, they come here, they never co-wrote before. And, uh, so Nashville co-writing is just the way it's done. And, um, uh, it does kind of work better to get two guys or three guys in a room because you can kind of bounce stuff off each other. And, um, it's almost like you have, like you have your brain, their brain, and there's like almost like a third brain that's created between the two of you. And uh, so co-writing is uh, probably the best way to write a song, though there are certain subjects that you write about that it, that it only works if you write it yourself. Like I have some songs that I was actually going to play the Bluebird because they're very uh, self-reflective songs and uh, truthful songs. I actually didn't play them because they're just super personal 
So those kind of songs, you know, you want to write. And, uh, um, I, you know, co-writing is, and so as far as ideas, um, you should get an idea about anything. Somebody asked me that one time and I was sitting there eating dinner and I said, well, look, you could write a song about this fork in my hand. You know, I mean, it's just, there's songs you can, like the George Strait song they wrote, it's called The Chair. You know, they wrote a song about the chair. It's about, you know, a, a girl coming in and him giving his chair to this girl and so on. Or um, usually in conversations I have with people, I'll hear something they say and I say, man, that, that would be a great hook to a song. Um, Lots of times it's just in conversation. That's one of the good things about co-writing. Sometimes you go into the room and you have ideas that you want to write, but in the conversation, a hook will come up and like we all just look at each other and that's it. You know, that's it. So like the hook, like Moonshine Margarita's hook is uh, Trent and I couldn't get a song writing. Trent, Jeff, going to myself, we couldn't get a song going. We were in there an hour. We couldn't just get something started. So he said, let's take a break. Let's go out here to the refrigerator. And there was, we, the refrigerator was empty except for a jar of, of a margarita mix and a, and a bottle of moonshine. <laughs> and so he said, well, let's write moonshine margaritas. And awesome. so it, that song idea came out of looking into the refrigerator. And it's a great song. Yeah, it ended up being a really good song. And, uh, you know, sometimes like when I wrote with Trent, Trent was, didn't play an instrument. But sometimes I would just start playing some music I had. And something would click in his brain and he would just start singing these lyrics that he'd written, you know. And that same day, we wrote two songs. We wrote another song called uh, My Song. And, and I just started playing some music that I'd been working on. For me, like, um, I do create a lot of music first. But sometimes I'll go and I say, I got this great piece of music and I don't have any lyrics for it. And so... That day, he started, he wrote, we wrote the song called My Song. His, his publisher loved both of those songs so much that we demoed, he wanted to demo both of them. And the song was about um, being in Nashville and getting discouraged and, uh, you know, watching other people have success. Sometimes you wonder whether you're supposed to be here or not. And I told him that day, I was driving over I-65, feeling really bad, and uh, that Tim McGraw song, uh, They Like You're Dying, came on the radio. And it just uh, it just hit me that, yeah, I belong here because, you know, that's that song is so meaningful to me and a lot of people. And I said, that's what I want to do. I, I want to write songs that are meaningful to people. And so that's what the song, my song, it's called My Song, is about doing that, just just not giving up and, and pursuing those dreams. You know, I'd seen a... Uh, I'd seen a, a webinar by this professor at Penn State. He was talking about coming over up, overcoming obstacles. He said, Sometimes we get walls that are thrown up in front of us. But the reason the wall is thrown up in front of us is because we're supposed to climb over it and overcome that wall. And so that line made it into the song. Uh, so, I mean, song ideas can just come out of nowhere. Um, when you get in a room with some other really good writers, um, you know, the ideas just keep flowing out. The question is, which one are we going to write? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. sure the creativity so we, is greater, and, and and but is it is it always the most efficient? Who knows? I, I guess you can get both sides of that coin when when you're sitting with a group of folks writing a song. Yeah, in uh, music is is a universal language. It just tells you how powerful it can be. And the songs that you guys write are amazing. There's you know, very heartfelt songs. There's songs that 
everybody can relate to on one level or another. You know, you've really done a good job and you've been recognized all over for it. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to get in a room and publishers want you to write a hit song. You might write something that sounds great. It sounds like it's on the radio, but by the time somebody else records it and would want to do it, radio has changed and it's, it's not quite the same thing they're playing anymore. So, um, I tend to want to write at this point in my life, I want to tend to, to write songs that are meaningful to people. Not so much, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the tailgate in my truck and my baby's got her cut off blue jeans on and I'm having a <laughs> beer. And, you know, I've kind of got away from that type of, you know, trying to <laughs> create that image and just try to write things uh, like Jeff and I wrote this song here for you with Steve Mitchell. And uh, we actually wrote it years ago for Jeff and I, it just kept coming up on our radar. Like Steve, uh, who's in, lives in Canada now, I think he really liked it a lot. And his wife is actually a publisher, pitcher, song pitcher. You know, she really wasn't all that crazy about it, but we said, we're going to go record it. And so after we recorded, we sent it out there and they loved it. They both loved it. But it's a song about just being, you know, when you got a friend that's down and they need help, you know, you just, you just hear for them, whatever they need, you know, whatever the, their problem is, they just need to talk. You know, I'm just here for you. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. And that's kind of the main idea of the song. And I try to write more and more songs like that um, and more songs that are more personal as opposed to write hit songs. And I think you can still write a hit song that way, I believe. It would probably be a better hit song when you do that yeah, we, instead of trying to copy what's on the radio. Yeah, we've listened to a lot of your songs, and, and you have a lot of hidden hits in there. And, uh, you know, hopefully one of, the, one of these days one of them pops. But... Uh, you definitely have the knack, and, and when you work with uh, your, your co-writer there, Jeff Batson, you guys have something magic going on. You really, you know, create some wonderful music. Yeah, you know, you guys have heard that song just one, and so over the years, I mean, everybody just comes back to that song, and I love that song, just one, you know, and so that's one of those songs, like you just said, hopefully at some point it finds a home somewhere, and uh, you know, label artists will will want to put it out there, you know, but it's kind of personal. The subject matter is not personal too, you know, and it deals with addiction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, when artists are looking for songs, like Trent Jeffco had like a record deal for a while and he was searching for songs. As he says, a writer, I would just feel like this is a great song. You should record it. But when you're an artist, the song kind of has to fit you. It fits you as an artist. And that's kind of the hard thing when they're picking out songs is, yeah, it's a great song, but I just don't know that I want to sing about that. And somebody may not want to sing about addiction because, you know, it's personal. It makes them vulnerable as well. And people don't want to be vulnerable. They don't, they don't want the public thinking, well, what's this guy got an addiction or something? You know, people have a problem. Artists have a problem with appearing vulnerable. But I'm past that point in my life. I <laughs> <laughs> one thing I can say, you know, I'm glad you brought up that song because, as you know, I, I, it's one of my favorites. And when I hear you sing it, you, you perform it in a way that I, I think you should be the one to cut it. And obviously, I, I love your voice and I love the way uh, you, what you bring to it. And I think it does uh, for a lot of people. It, it, it 
anyone can relate to that. You know, I think there's so many people out there struggling, whether it's with addiction or, or something that they've gone through in life. That just one comes back in so many different ways. And uh, it's a very, very powerful song with a lot of very strong and, and deep uh, emotional words in it. So I love, I love when you perform it. So I played it around a couple of weeks ago with Lance Carpenter. You know, Lance had a really, he had a number one hit with Kelsey Ballerini as a writer. And then he had a record deal on Toby Keith's label. And kind of all that kind of all fell apart. You know, and he said, at this point, he said, I'm just trying to be me. He said, I'm not, I don't really care if anybody cuts my songs. I'm going to cut my songs and I'm putting my songs out. And, uh, you know, he said, I'm just, I'm just trying to be me. You know, and uh, I'm kind of feeling that way, too. You know, I saw Chris Stapleton interview, and uh, it was on 60 Minutes. You know, Chris has had a huge amount of success. But somebody, the, the, the interviewer on 60 Minutes said, you know, you're such a great guitar player. And he said, well, really, I'm not. He said, I just, I just do me really well. And that's kind of my guitar playing is like that, too. People say I'm a great guitar player, but I'm really not. There are guys in Nashville blow me away as far as all the things they can do. But I just want to do me really well. And I want to do that as a songwriter and a singer. I just want to do me really well. And I think if you do that, you'll, you'll find your fans that like you. You come across very genuine and, and, and very real. And I think it's one of the things that attract John and I to you as friends uh, and and. and fans that we are two of your biggest fans and uh we we love seeing you perform and, and hearing your music and and this is something that's really special to us to ha- be able to share some of these these thoughts and conversations with you uh, a little bit deeper and a little bit more so um you are doing you really well and we appreciate that well it helps to talk to you guys because things come out and i think about things that i hadn't thought about you know i started writing a song a couple of days ago about being vulnerable, about being willing to be vulnerable and put your feelings out there and be knowing that some people are going to criticize you for this or that or whatever. But, um, but when I talk to you guys about like these kind of conversations about a couple of weeks ago, it helps me to get things out that are trapped in me, you know, and it, you help me get untrapped them. And, and get them out. The more you talk about it, the, you know, uh, it helps you figure things out. Absolutely. In the past, you've done a lot of charity work type of uh, things. You've written a lot of songs that benefit different causes, and you've been big with the American Lung Association as well as the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, what inspired you or what brought you to the point that you wanted to touch these groups of people that were, were in need? Well, I think uh, all of us need to help people. And um, music is a blessing for me. Okay, so, um, you know, it's like pro athletes. I heard a pro athlete talking, you know, I think it's an NBA guy. And he was saying that 80% of his talent had nothing to do with him. It was just God gave him this physical ability. And so he gave, you know, he said, I, you know, I took it and I did my best, I could, you know, and so I think uh, <clears throat> my musical ability and um, yeah, I've worked hard at developing it, but some, like I told you, like when I was 10 years old, music just clicked for me, you know, so that's, that's not me. That's, that was just given to me 
by by my maker. And so I think we need to share all those things. And especially if you're trying to help people, if you're trying to raise money for a good cause, um, help get some medical research done, pay for some research that helps get, find cures for things or, uh, you know, reduces people's suffering in some way, shape or form, or simply just through your music, you touch people. Like sometimes I've played songs that, you know, people come up to me and they, they talk about my song, you know, and that line in that song just personally touched me. I went through this or I went through that. Like my mom just recently went through this and, you know, you played that song here for you and, you know, that just really touched me. And so I just, you know, <laughs> I had a bass player once named Bob Russell and he said, he said, if, if, if there was one person in the room listening, you would play for them. You'd play your heart out. You know, and that's that's kind of the way you got to look at it is uh, um, if one person is listening, you know, so I wrote a song once called God is listening. And there's sometimes, you know, when you play bars, like nobody shows up. It's just you in the bar, the bartender, and there's some waiters and waitresses in there. And so I just said, you know, when sometimes when that happens, you feel like, what am I playing for? Well, I do know that God is listening, so I'm going to play my best in order to do that, you know, so. Um, I get involved with this organization simply because we should. We should do those things because we don't realize that so many of us are blessed in so many ways and we take it for granted or don't actually realize it. And so you got you to gotta give back. Yeah, you know, man. you got to be thankful for the things you have. And No, you're absolutely right. And you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir, of course, to John, because as you know, John has a nonprofit uh, that he, he works with up here and you've you've worked with him on a few things uh, and done some shows up here to help out with that so i want to thank you both for the work that you do and 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 you're right we are blessed we all have good things going on in our lives and it's important for us to give back and help others uh try and help them get to that point as well and we have to recognize the fact that we we should be pretty happy about the way our lives have gone and how we've handled you know disparity or how we've handled the the hurdles that uh, that have been put in front of us and we're lucky we've overcome them um, but we got to help other people do that as well. And so with uh, John working with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and, and your work with the American Cancer Society and the Lung Society, it's it's all good stuff. And it, when you can use your your voice and, and your music to do that, uh, it's, that's really powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I there's, like I said, there's no reason to not do it. You know, it's just people get joy from music and they may not get joy from my music all the time or other people, but you know, it's just fun for it's fun. It's fulfilling for me to do it. Giving and receiving is kind of one act. It's kind of the same thing. It all, you think of giving is one thing and receiving is the other, but I kind of look at it as it's all one thing. So you're giving your time and your efforts in music, but I'm receiving a lot back when I, I get a lot of joy from just sharing songs with people and just knowing that they're listening well you know it's it, you you said something and and we we both know we all know that you're you're a pretty spiritual person um and that that reflects in a lot of the things you do and one of the things that you just said was uh it's also it's good to have fun and it helps you i think when you when you are enjoying what you do and you have fun with it you are more successful it just made me think of it when you said you have to have fun and the smile that was on your face when you said it reminded me of the song that you uh, and Jeff do, uh, Santa's Having a Tailgate. And I watched uh -huh. the video for that song, and that is a fun video. 
Oh, it is. It was a lot of fun doing it, too. Um, we did it on Richard, Richard Trust's farm up in uh, near Goodlesville, Tennessee. And uh, Jeff came up with that idea. He wrote it. And, you know, the video is just a ton of fun. You know, if it makes people laugh, then that's that's all that really matters. It's and if they enjoy it and they, you know, we we still get airplay on that song every Christmas. You know, we, we put it out that first year and we promoted it, you know, and uh, and then every year, though, the radio stations keep playing it just because it's a great uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a great fun song. And I have a friend up in New Jersey he said it was like Christmas time and he was riding in his car and uh, came up on the radio. Bats and Haynes, you know, Santa's having a tailgate. And I had talked. He was my college roommate. I hadn't talked to him in years and uh, came up on his radio and he had encouraged him to get in touch with me on Facebook. And then we talked on the phone and yeah, that's a, that's a really fun song. It is, you know, and I'm going to be honest. I don't just wait till Christmas to put it on. There are times during the season that I will, whether it's spring, summer, fall, I will put that song on sometimes and just laugh. I love watching the video and, and it does bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. So keep doing it. Yeah, we all, you know, even that song, even some for some reason, some days it just pops into my head and it keeps playing. I can understand why. So keep keep it playing. I like I say, I, I make my kids listen to it at every Christmas. We have it playing on in the house, and uh, I I send it out and try and get uh, people up here to be listening to it and try and get it on the radio in Boston and in the New England area. So uh, hopefully, we'll get you up here for a Christmas sometime, and uh, it'll be fun to do some things with it up here. That'll yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. We can't wait to have you guys back up here. Do you think there's any possibility that you could could play us a tune and maybe tell us a little bit about uh, about the song you're going to play and, and what inspired you for this song? Sure. You know, while Eric's grabbing the guitar, you know, it's, it's funny. John and I visited Jeff and Eric in Nashville and saw them play at the, uh, the Bluebird, as you all have heard. And one of the things that, that came out of seeing them at the Bluebird this year and past years um, and just seeing them play elsewhere is we want to bring that type of environment up here to Boston. So John and I have talked, and, and part of the reason we got into this podcast, to, you know, other than enjoying music and enjoying the things that go on behind the scenes and on the road, it's also we want to be a part of making music happen up here and and different genres and different venues and uh so we look forward to trying to put something together that that replicates the bluebirds environment that in the row or in the round scenario and that's uh what you'll hopefully be seeing from uh musicians and beyond in the future is more podcasts more music more venues and more fun Go we we get a, a ton of people all lined up we got people lined up uh they're going to do the podcast that literally have 10 million sales of albums under their belt. Uh, and, and it ranges all the way from those uh, professional status people to people that are on the verge of making it or that just need the push. And hopefully we can be the, uh, the bridge and, and, you know, get some of these people together, make things work for those striving for this dream. It's going to be a lot of fun going down this road, and we're really looking forward to it. I mean, I can't believe episode one, we have, you know, one of the best musicians that I've, I've ever seen. And not only is he a good musician, but we, we uh, are, we are very fortunate. That's uh, for sure. An awesome guy to take time out of his, uh, and with out, that out said, busy day. let's see how Eric Haynes looks like he's ready to perform and he's got his guitar in hand. Let's see what he does for us. What do you got, Mr. Haynes? I'm going to do this, um, this song here for you. And, um, I said, we wrote this with uh, Steve Mitchell and Steve's a really good writer. He's from Canada 
and um, wrote, I wrote probably wrote 50 songs with Steve or so. Uh, Jeff and I and Steve got we were a couple with him actually. Um, so in the day we we took the studio after we got done, all the musicians came up and you know thanked us for bringing that song to them because they really enjoyed playing on the song. And they said, when you come in here, really enjoy your songs every time you come. So there was Troy Lancaster on guitar, great guitar player, Mike Rojas on on keys, and, you know, um, Eddie Bears on drums, you know, and Eli Beard was on bass, and uh, Larry Beard on, on, on acoustic guitar. But they, again, it's just uh, you have a friend and you, you know, you want to be there for him. And so it's called Here For You. Everyone could see And now you've lost the one Who gave you all you'd ever need I wish I had the words To make the sadness go away To tell the truth It's hard to know exactly what to say But I'm here for you Yeah, I'm the shelter you can run to I'll catch your tears, go ahead and cry If you want to talk, we can talk all night Anything you need for me to do I'm here for you I won't try to tell you time is gonna heal the pain And you don't need to hear Everything's gonna be okay I know that moving on can be the hardest thing to do And I won't pretend to understand just what you're going through But I'm here for you Yeah, I'm the shelter you can run to I'll catch your tears, go ahead and cry If you want to talk, we can talk all night Anything you need for me to do
Wow, what a wonderful, uh, you know, touching song, really powerful. And I'm sure, you know, people that have heard that have related to that in, in, you know, your music and magic that you bring, I'm sure has helped people through difficult times that they're they're having or going through at the time. Yeah, I might played it for a friend of mine and um, she said, wow, it just uh, reminded me of, um, she said her friend just lost her job that she had 12 years, had no, out of nowhere, they just let her go. And uh, she said, you know, she came over to her house and was there all night. And, you know, she said, that's what I felt like. I didn't really know what to say or do, but I could at least just be there for the person, you know. So that's kind of what the song is, too. Often we don't know. We don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. But one thing you don't want to do is just leave people alone and just, you know, just kind of, you know, just be around for them. Answer the phone when they call or whatever. Yeah, you know, I think um, you hear that song, and and I think we can all relate to w- the fact that you have to be there for your friends. And and I think we all there's many people out there, at least that that have had those moments where they didn't, and they look back and reflect and say, "Boy, I wish I was there for that person uh, when they needed me." And and so it's a reminder that that that's a pretty powerful thing for us all to be able to do. And it's so easy, so easy to just pick up the phone, be there for someone, talk to them. So. It is a good reminder for everyone out there listening. Uh, take that to heart. Take that uh, uh, as you move forward and make sure that you do. Make sure you listen to your friends because a lot of times people miss those cues and miss those those things that are being said or things that are being done, and and we don't pick up on the fact that it was a message to us and, and a call or a cry for help at the time. Uh, so be there for your friends and your family. Yeah, that's so true. You know, sometimes things are a cry for help and we get busy in our lives and we just don't see that this person, Hey, they're, they're, they need help. You know, they're, they're crying out. And so I think just having that awareness is really important too. just to be aware that the most important thing in life for people, it's not our careers. It's not the money we make. It's not the success we have because all that's going to be gone at some point. But all you're going to have left is the relationships you had with people and the things you did to help them out. That's the way I think. Absolutely. And I think it's fitting to um, make note for us here right now that, you know, one of the things is you're here for us today on our first podcast. And uh, happily, um, you've saved us by coming in and sitting in and and being the voice and um, offering us some, some insight and offering us some music and you are there for us at, uh, and have been here for us at other times as well. But today is very special for us as we kick this off, and to have you with us is, uh, makes it even more special for us. So thank you for that. Thank you for that song. Just wanted to reiterate what you said, Mark. We, we are forever grateful to, to Eric Haynes. He's, like I said, he's a busy guy. He does real estate on the side. He's a school teacher and uh, trying to make money at music, which is difficult uh, nowadays with the technology that people can just go on the internet and download a a song and and think it's okay and not pay. But the musician that's put their heart, soul on the line for this um, isn't really getting rewarded the way they should. So, you know, people out there listening, please support your local uh, musicians and you know, anyone in the arts, uh, you know, it, it's really appreciated by them because it's something that I, I think overlooked a lot of the time. And it's really unfortunate for the for the people that work so hard to bring this joy and uh, 
you know, touching music to us. And I have to admit, you know, um, I was somewhat, you know, blind to that fact or, 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 you know, oblivious to the fact that, that that is a problem out there. Until that conversation we had in Nashville the other day where we all sat down and talked and, and, and you and Jeff brought that to the table. You know, it, you guys, the both of you said that night that you don't come to music looking to make money. You do it for, for what you do it for. And then the fact that there's a byproduct where you do make money and you can make a living at it, you know, um, I was completely ignorant to the fact that, you know, there are people out there stealing music and that, and, and the impact it has on the musicians. So I'm aware that people steal music, but I wasn't really thinking about the, 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 the impact on the personal and, and, or the songwriters and, and the artists that are out there struggling to make it. So thank you for, for helping me wake up to that and see it. It's even that the quote stealing unquote has really been done by big tech companies. So they, they basically taken over uh, the music industry. They have all the political clout. They have the money to pay their lobbyists in DC. And they're really the people they went to the bottom of the barrel are the songwriters. Um, so say a number one song, like I said, uh, you know, 10 years ago would pay a million to a million and a half write, uh, dollars to the writers, publishers. That's down to maybe three to four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And then that's, you know, that split between at least four splits. So four hundred thousand becomes one hundred thousand, you know. So, um, you know, you, you could make money off of album cuts. and Those are gone. There's nowhere out there. You don't make money off of mechanical royalties are gone. And so when I moved to Nashville, there was probably 1,500 people that had a staff writing position with a publisher. It's less than 200 now. Wow. So, and it's really been the big tech companies that, you know, they've got all the political clout. They, they can um, get what they want. And, uh, but, you know, at the same time, um, you can, you know, like you said, too, you, somebody told me when I first came to town, you can't do money. You can't do it for the money. Just do it because you love it. And if you happen to be able to make money at it, then that's great. Right. And then we were talking that night and, you know, you, you talk about how much, you know, when you go out and you play on the road, how much you guys can make. And, and it's interesting to hear that. And it's, 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 it adds some sort of uh, depth to, you know, the conversations we had. And it, it makes us realize how, how hard you guys work for what you get. With that said, you're out there on the road playing. You play. You and Jeff have gone all over. You've come up here to New England. You've played up in St. Louis. You've played all over Tennessee and Kentucky. And what's your favorite venue? Where where has been the where have you had the most fun on stage? Um, well, I guess you know. I mean, obviously, the Bluebird's a great place because it's a listening venue. Absolutely. And so people are coming to listen not necessarily party, but they're coming to listen. Um, but that's always a great place. And then the, a lot of wineries in Southern Illinois, you know, that we've played and those are just laid back venues and most of them are outside. And that's really cool. Um, you know, when we were in Boston, we played uh, Loretta's last call. It's really good. And the stumble in up there in uh, London dairy. And then uh, what's cool about Melissa's was it was really small. You know, and it's packed with people. But a lot of the marinas we play in the the outside venues, I just I just like playing outside in general. But I can pretty much have fun no matter where I go. You know, <laughs> I've seen so. that. That you can. <laughs> I've I've seen that happen in uh, Jeff's house, Butchie's backyard, uh, a number of places that we've been out uh, on the the mini tour you did up here. Uh, so. 
it is a lot of fun to spend time with you. And I, I have noticed you, you can get after it every now and then and then enjoy yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I express a lot of emotion often, but I'm really expressing it inside to myself, you know? Yeah. Some, I just get so welled up inside. It's hard for me to not like, you know, almost cry sometimes when I'm playing music, I get feelings that are just so emotional. Oh, sometimes I'm get, I get choked up when I'm singing. Like if I'm singing a song and I think about lyrics and what it means, you know, it's just, sometimes I just get really choked up. Interesting. I, I, I would find it hard to even think about anything other than trying to keep my fingers on the guitar strings and, and the words that I'm supposed to say. And here you are having these thoughts in the background that <laughs> allow you to escape that and, and, and go somewhere else with it. I, I would be completely stumbling all over the, the stage. <laughs> well, it's um, like I said, I, you know, especially when you're playing something you wrote, Sometimes uh, the lyrics are so personal that you, they mean so much that you do kind of have some, uh, sometimes I have trouble singing certain songs or like even that Tim McGraw song that Tim Nichols wrote with uh, Craig Wiseman, live like you're dying. Those sometimes those lyrics get me choked up or like one song, a rock song, Don Henley song, uh, the heart of the matter. When you play that song in a bar, there's so many people who just stop and listen because they relate to that, that forgiveness piece. You know, that no matter what happens, what really matters is we forgive each other and move on. So that song's about a divorce, a breakup, but it's it's still about being able to forgive each other and move on. And, uh, I, you know, I get a little choked up just right now talking about it, you know, but he wrote that with Mike Campbell, who's Tom Petty's guitar player. And uh, that's one of my favorite songs to play because of what it means. It's a great song. It is a great song. What's interesting to me, Mark, is uh, what Eric was just saying, how someone else's music touches him and means so much. Well, when he is up on stage, he's doing that to other people. It's really an amazing uh, uh, way things work that that it just really gets into people's souls of the words. It really is. You know, the ability to touch someone through your lyrics, through the sound of the music that you're producing and, and putting out there, is, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, I, I wish I had that impact, but um, I'm, I'm lucky to have people like uh, Eric who, who can do that for me and, and, and touch me, touch us uh, in a way that they do. So love the fact that he does it. I love the fact that you share that connection to the music with us. It helps us understand a lot more. Um, let me ask you, um, what is the, what, when you talk like that, what is the song that touches you the most that you've written? Uh, well, just one does, does touch me a lot. Um, sometimes I get a little choked up in that. And, um, you know, that song, um, do this country some good. Sometimes we get, after we do the first chorus, we always get this applause, like, um, a little more country might do this country some good. And we always get this applause and <laughs> it's, it's kind of emotionally moving when, when that happens. But um, there's a lot of them that, that are emotionally, it's like there's some that I've just solo written that I haven't really played for a lot of people that um, I can play at home by myself. But even when I play them by myself, I get a little bit choked up on them. And so they're probably not things that you, you probably haven't heard them because I don't think I've played them. But um, there's one that's like long enough. It's been long enough. And so that's kind of song. That's another song about addiction. And uh, 
there's another one that's um, that's who I am. And it's really a song about us, you know, the music business, like you feel like you're a boxer and you, you, you box for a few years and you're in the ring and you box and, and man, you just get tired of making beat up. And so you just, you just walk away, but there's something in you that makes you want to get back in the ring again, you know? And so this song is, that's who I am. That's this whole, this life kind of experience of, you know, uh, like my mom wanted me to be a lawyer or something, you know, when I came out of high school and the last thing she wanted me to do was be a musician and stuff. So, so the world tries to tell you, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, but often you got to follow your heart. And sometimes you follow your heart, you get criticized, you know, like in the music, oh, you're never going to make it, this, that, whatever. It's just too hard. You can't do it. And so sometimes you get beat up with that, but something inside you, your heart most likely makes you want to get back in the ring, put the gloves on and start fighting it again. And so that song is kind of about that's who I am. So the song's really about whether I become a huge star or I'm just playing in a bar every night. It doesn't matter. That's who I am. That's my story. If that's what it is, then that's what it is. And that's, that's who I am. And so that's kind of what the song's about, but that, that sometimes gets a little bit emotional. Yeah, well, I'm thank saying, you for putting those gloves back on and, and going back in the ring and doing these things for us. You know, I was going to say, you know, that this is the one time I, I think I'm, I'm glad that you didn't listen to your mother. I'm glad that you became a singer, a songwriter, and a, and a musician. And it makes me think that the way you tell stories through music and, and lyrics is probably what makes you so successful at being a teacher, as uh, John alluded to earlier. You, you're a history teacher, and... and I imagine that in one way or another, that your ability to tell stories the way you do helps the students relate to you and helps them relate to the history lessons that you're, you're teaching them. And I think it's, uh, thank God you have that ability. And I'm sure there's been a number of students that have gone on to be successful because of the way that you've impacted them. Yeah, you know, I was, I, I was teaching economics. And yesterday there's some visitor from the, from the school board came into my room. I had no idea they were coming in and she sat down and uh, when she left, she wrote this little note and left it on my desk and said, your lesson. Wow. Exclamation point. I learned a lot in the short time I visited. So engaging and practical examples for all the students to learn from. And I do try to try to make things real. And so a songwriter has to make it real world, real life. And so whenever you're teaching, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to take this abstract subject and turn it into like, what's it like in real life? You know? And so, you know, even when he came to town, publishers would tell you, you know, just write the truth. Just tell the truth in your song. You know, just don't try to make stuff up. Just tell, just tell your truth. You know, and that's kind of what anybody that's in that kind of, you know, if you can tell your story or tell a story in a way that nobody's ever said it before, um, that's all really I'm trying to do no, no matter what it is, you know, it's just telling that story. Yeah. Let me ask you, do you have another song that you'd like to do that, that tells a story or one that you'd like to get out there and let people hear? Maybe I can do that song I told you about. It took just one cigarette to get me hooked on smoking and 10,000 tries. Before I finally broke it It's amazing how a habit starts with Just one 
took just one drink of Joe's At least that's what I told her And ten years later I was no longer sober Sixteen months of sobriety Was over For just one One dandelion in a breeze Can fill a field full of weeds One single match thrown carelessly Can burn a forest full of trees One kiss and I knew I was in love And all it took for me to screw the whole thing up Was just one It took just one stretch of the truth About where I was that evening I tried to cover up that lie But I could tell she didn't believe it I blew 16 months of building up her trust just one One dandelion in a breeze Can fill a field full of weeds One single match thrown carelessly Can burn a forest full of trees One kiss and I knew I was in love And all it took for me to screw the whole thing up Was just one From me, one please don't leave. Girl, I'm on my knees. One dandelion in a breeze can fill a field full of weeds. One single match thrown carelessly can burn a forest full of trees. I don't know it all, but baby, I know this much. It's not worth losing my one true love But yeah, what's one in a breeze Can fill a field full of weeds One single man strong carelessly Can burn a forest full of That's that's great. Wow. So you're a real humble and grateful guy in trying to get messages out there and, and touch people. Like your song said, it might make them smile, it might make them cry, but either way you're still touching um, touching their soul. In all these songs that you've been talking about, for anyone listening, you know, you can go on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, any of those uh, major uh, digital download companies yeah. and, and download them. And, you know, you can also connect to you through com or BatsonHaines.com. Um, is there any, any other uh, ways that uh, people should be getting in touch with you? Or uh, if they wanted to hire you for an event, I know you guys have done some uh, real big events for some big companies, you know, Make-A-Wish Foundation, et cetera. How do they get in touch with you to uh, to book you? 
Well, both of those websites, like um, EricHainesMusic.com, um, you can send a message, you know, request a book or through BatsAndHaines.com, you can send a, a message to book, you know, to just tell us you're interested in booking us. Um, that'll go right into our email. Yeah. So that's probably the best way. I don't know if there's a phone number on there or not, but. Um, We've seen you quite a few times all over the country and uh yeah you've never disappointed and you know that was the first time i heard that song and you know it, it sparked my uh my interest in in uh excitement again to to hear these new things you're forever uh generating and, and compiling these single notes into a into a beautiful orchestrated music composition yeah, that one actually toward the end, I got I started to get a little bit choked up actually. So I mean, I don't play that one a lot, like in front of people, because I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know <laughs> at what point I'm going to get choked because it it's true. Yeah, but that's it's okay. True. It's that's true. It's true. Okay. You're, you're a human. You're a human being, yeah. and and you know sometimes for people to see the musician, that tells them that what they're telling you and emanating they really believe it and it, it touches them too. And, you know, you putting that out there can touch someone, you know, just as much. You know, Eric, uh, one of the things that struck me is that, that the lyric, uh, I'm your troubadour from 10 to two. And, and so many people down on Broadway and other venues throughout Nashville and throughout the world, I, I struggling to, to be that voice at the, any hour, whether it's 10 to 2 AM or 10 to 2 PM, our trips down to, uh, Nashville have shown us that, that, you know, some of these performers are taking any slots they can get up on stage in front of people and play. And it's wonderful to see them doing it. And it's wonderful to be down there at breakfast or, or up until 2 AM or whatever hour you might be out roaming the streets until, uh, to see some of these performers out there, you know, putting their heart out there and, and working so hard to, uh, to, perform and to entertain us uh we are so very grateful for for everyone that gets up there and does that well i think one of the things you said john is like um believable okay so that's the thing like when i hear a singer is i do i believe what they're singing so that's one of the hardest things for an artist is like i might write a great song but when they sing it it's just not believable you know, and so that's one of the things. But what you were just saying, Mark, um, there's a lot of people in Nashville that are as talented or often more talented than people that have record deals and are on the radio because they just didn't they didn't walk walk into Doug Johnson accidentally and Doug took a liking to them or they they didn't walk into, you know, uh, other people in the industry here and they you know, just sometimes it's, it's just luck. You ran into the right person at the right time. And I've always felt like the songwriters were the most talented people in this town. You know, so, of course, there, there obviously there are a lot of talented artists. And some of them, like somebody like Eric Church, who's a great songwriter. Not necessarily a great singer, but it doesn't matter. He tells a great story. You know, and, and, uh, yeah. and, and uh, his, he's got some really, he's one of the most unique songwriters in fact, like he has some songs on radio and it's funny. I like the songs that are on his albums that are not on the radio the best. The ones that are not on the radio is the ones I like the best. But yeah, you see a lot of people on Broadway and there are a lot of really talented people. It's just some of them get that break where they run into the right person at the right time. And some of them don't. Yeah, you Most know, of them don't. 
Most of them don't. You're right. And, you know, it, it, we were talking about why we started to do this. We wanted to give a voice and a platform or, and, and talk to other people that aren't getting those record deals and try and give them an area where they can reach another audience or, or get a little bit more um, exposure. And it's not like John and I are going to bring, you know, a uh, big record label or anyone to the, to their, their table. But, you know, other people are going to hear their song and appreciate it. And, and that's what you're really looking to do is uh, touch a greater audience. And if that happens and something sparks from that, that's what we hope that we're able to give them that, that added exposure and uh, experience. Um, and when you're in Nashville, you'll, you find out when you're roaming Broadway that you don't have to go there for just country. You, you go up and down that strip and any one of those venues and there's rock, there's, we, we saw, uh, Shannon, um, performing down at uh, kid rocks club the other night and she was playing Led Zeppelin and Pat Benatar and the crowd was there for country music, but obviously warmed right up to her and sat through every set she had and, um, it was it was pretty incredible to watch, and there are some great people down there doing all sorts of music. Yeah, and you know about your show is you never really know when somebody's watching your show and hears something. Like I, I think I told you that story about the Chris Jansen song uh, "Buy Me a Boat." You know they wrote that song, and uh, they uh, they went in and cut it, and he he sent it to Bobby Bones. You know the DJ Bobby Bones, the Bobby Bones show, and uh, you know how many people send music to Bobby Bones? I mean, like. Thousands of people send music. For some reason, Bobby Bones opens this one up and listens to it, loves it, sends it to Toby Keith. He retweets it out to 800,000 followers. Incredible. And then a week later, he has a record deal. And the song's out on the radio. And he's been doing well you since. You know, so, yeah. And it's just, you know, and he's a really, ta- he's a songwriter. He's a really talented guy. Yeah, incredibly. You know, that's how I think the songwriters are the most talented people that are here. Um, you never know what your show is going to do for anybody. You know, you just, you just put it out there. Well, we're, we're happy to try and make that happen. And we're happy to, you know, one day if someone's looking down and saying, you know, we sent that song to John Sarabian and, and it was like someone that sent it to Chris Jansen, sent it to Bobby Bones. Maybe that, maybe one day we'll hear that. But um, for the time being, we're happy to just be talking to people like you and, and exploring the world of music and, and hearing great songs and music from you and the stories that go along with it. So um, thank you for coming in today and sitting down and, and being on uh, our show with us. Uh, thank you for being the inaugural guest and, and helping us to, uh, walk through this journey that we're about to uh, go on and being a part of it for us. We want to thank you for your time. Uh, John? Yeah, really, uh, we're honored, I mean, to say the least, to have to have Eric Haynes here again. Uh, if you haven't heard him uh, before, you know, check him out. Google him. Uh, download some music. Tell your friends. You won't be disappointed. He's, he's a true gentleman, a master uh, singer, songwriter, musician, everything, just, you know, the whole package. He's really a good guy, good good guy to hang out with, appreciates so much, helps other people. I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better guy. You can you can see a little bit more of Eric and, and his uh, duo partner, Jeff, and hear some of their, their music together and hear some of their music that they've done separately by going to www.musiciansandbeyond.com. Go there, check out the, the artists that we're spotlighting, that, that we're highlight, highlighting, Go to our Facebook, our social media contacts and, and platforms and, and make sure you follow these musicians. We'll have links up there to their sites. We'll have links up there to their songs that you can download. And so please go support them and, and make sure you uh, tune in next time and follow the musicians as they go along this road through uh, 
the lyrics, the life, and the long journeys on the road. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate it very much. It, it's been fun. It well, has been fun. And we look forward to having you and Jeff on and, and, and doing this show a couple more times with you guys in the future, and, and uh, we can't wait to see you again. Thank you for being our friend. 